2: You're listening to the Live, Love, Engage podcast. On today's show, we're going to be talking about overcoming victim mentality and the most direct path to spiritual enlightenment. Stay tuned. I am Gloria Grace Rand, founder of The Love Method and author of the number one Amazon bestseller, Live, Love, Engage, How to Stop Doubting Yourself and Start Being Yourself. In this podcast, we share practical advice from a spiritual perspective on how to live fully, love deeply, and engage authentically, so you can create a life and business with more impact, influence, and income. Welcome to Live, Love, Engage. Namaste, and welcome to Live, Love, Engage. I am your host, Gloria Grace Rand, and I am delighted to have an awesome woman on the show today um, whose uh, pleasure was mine to actually appear on her podcast. So uh, she is Carrie Hummingbird, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her in a second. But first off, I just want to welcome you, Carrie, to Live, Love, Engage.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me here, Gloria. I'm excited to have this conversation.
2: Yeah, me too. So, so let me enlighten you for those of you who may not have heard of Carrie before. She is known as a soul guide and as I mentioned, she is the host of the Soul Nectar Show. She is also a number one international best-selling author. Um, the second one of her books is "The Second Wave: Transcending the Human Drama," and uh, she also has another book called "Awakening to Me: One Woman's Journey to Self-Love," which describes the early years of her spiritual awakening. And um, she and I are really aligned in this. Uh, part because she believes, I guess, her one of her missions on life, I suppose, is to inspire people to lead their lives wide awake with authenticity, passion, and purpose that positively impacts others. And her newest book is already a number one international bestseller, and that's what I really want to talk about today. It's called Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound. And um, I'm just, that's all I'm going to say about it right now. So I am really curious. When I saw that you had written that, I was like, ooh, I'm intrigued. What the heck do you mean by the mother wound?
0: Yeah, it's such a good question. It's provocative, isn't it? It stirs yeah. something deep, there's some recognition, like there's something there. It's, it's in everything. And it really has to do with our at the biggest sense, our connection with the divine, whether we feel separate, alone, scared, not cared for, not loved, unworthy, or whether we feel that we are part of all that is, that we are intricately intricately connected to everything that is in life. And this is a, really a divine feminine awakening a remembrance of who we really are and we've been living in the ego mind you know we've been living in the the masculine aspect of ourselves and we've been living in um a patriarchy (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah so because everything is like it's like fractals of the same pattern so you know the patriarchy that's been going on in the planet in our um cultures for the last thousands of years is a mirror of the patriarchy inside of ourselves with our mind in control of everything
2: mm. and
0: dominating our emotions and dominating our bodies and dominating 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 right yeah and you know sort of um belittling the feminine and disempowering it and kind of talking making it seem like it's crazy like or unwanted or unseen or and it's also the taming of the planet right it's the taming of the wild and building concrete jungles you you can see how it's like in everything and it certainly is in your relationship with your own biological mother and the mother that you created inside your own consciousness that lives inside you you know
2: yeah yeah you, you know, it's interesting when you were talking, It's it sort of struck me that I think I I actually interpreted this more from an ego standpoint because I'm thinking healing the mother wound, a wound that mother inflicted upon me. But it sounds like it's more like the um, mother has been wounded because of this patriarchal thinking. Am I right or or not? <laughs> what do you think? It's both. Or, it, or both. Okay.
0: See how we're all connected? Yeah. So if... We know we can look back through history, probably even in your own ancestral line, you can look back and see examples of women being silenced or women being, you know, um abused even, women being molested or or, you know, raped or just could even like earn money for herself. Right. I mean, who knows? Like there's so many or told like, Oh, be quiet or don't be emotional, you're too sensitive. There's there's a lot of ways this plays out of like things that are feminine energies actually at the largest sense are feminine energies. Emotions are feminine energy. You know, your body embodying as a feminine process. So there's like these feminine principles that have been um, and women that have been disempowered and and trodden upon. And now you're going to take that disempowered woman, the one that's been abused and told she's unworthy and she's not good enough. And she's like the reason why the whole planet you know, fell out of grace and all this, right? According to the Bible, you're going to take that same woman and you're going to put a baby inside her. (laughs) Now, what, how, what consciousness is the baby being formed in?
2: Mm.
0: The baby's being formed in the mother's consciousness. Yeah. So now all the patterns of of this system are rippling forth through all the children of that mother. Because she doesn't know any other way. Like that's how she was trained she is. That's her mm-hmm. experience. And so she's passing that experience on to all of her children by default. Mm. So what we're doing right now is we're recognizing that that's how the system works. It actually works that way. So a lot of us receive these patterns from our mothers and then we get angry because they're like, well, that's not loving. That's not caring. Ignoring me, it makes me feel bad. Uh, stonewalling me makes me feel bad. I don't like that. I don't feel loved. I don't feel seen or heard or wanted. Um, you didn't celebrate me, you know, or you, you criticized me endlessly and that really hurt. Or, you know, whatever the patterns are, like there's so many ways it could express. Oh, yeah. And you didn't get what you needed. So then we're like, blame the mother. That actually is the block. Like for everybody who wants to awaken, like fully sovereign, fully embodied, Awake into your divinity inside your body. The block is all the judgments that you have about your biological mother and how she raised you.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, I can so see that, and 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 it really is interesting. In fact, I was actually sort of dealing with this recently. I'm I'm working on writing a TED talk, and I'm. It was kind of uh, focused in a way on some of the trauma that I experienced as a kid, and then realizing finally I didn't I don't want to go there. But it is interesting that in in just thinking back of stories of my life and growing up and how yeah my mom um, was a bit abusive she was a narcissist you know I think uh, but I also know that she didn't have a good relationship with her mother and so I know because of like she married an alcoholic um, that. Yeah, she wanted attention. And I can certainly understand that now as a grown-up. It's like I totally get where she was coming from. She didn't get the love and the care that she wanted. And probably her mother didn't get it either. She had to come to America when she was only 17 from from Europe and had to learn a new language. And so she went through stuff. And And yet it is, it's like this is What is what informs me. And I have an opportunity now to at least understand that and maybe choose a different path and be able to heal, heal that. Yeah, so, so
0: healing the mother wound is, is actually, it's a personal healing and it's an ancestral healing and it's a spiritual healing and it's a healing with the planet hmm. because we're all pieces of the planet earth. Right. So as we heal, we're also healing. The our relationship humanity's relationship with the earth, so yeah, there's a lot here, and unwinding it and unweaving it, it's kind of like sometimes you might feel like you have like if you've opened your spirituality, you might feel like um it's not fair that I had a mother that couldn't love me the way i I know in my heart i I can be loved, and it's. You might feel like life's not fair. And what I posit is that life is extremely fair. Life is so fair that it put you with the parent as a team to heal these patterns ancestrally. Yeah. And when you really get that, it's like there's no more BS. You know, it's kind (laughs) of like, okay, that's my soul's curriculum. I chose this. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's time for me to heal it from the inside out. And not to say that you're not going to feel um, those feelings. Like I definitely felt all my victim energy, all my "it's not fair," I shouldn't have to love my mother more than she loves me. Da 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 da. You know all <laughs> right. the stories in my head.
2: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> and what I really wanted, ultimately, I wanted two things from this work. I wanted number one to love myself so fully and so completely that nothing outside of me could rattle my cage, Mm. that I would stay in my love and my compassion and my integrity and my desire to show up the way I want to show up no matter what's happening around me and no matter who's doing it. Mm. That was like my number one. And then the number two was, of course, my secret desire of all desires is that I have this beautiful relationship with my mother and my sons, you know, that I have a loving, open, respectful, honoring relationship where I can see who she really is and she can see who I really am. And that was like the cream of the crop. Like I would love that relationship. Mm. And because I did the work, I have that relationship now. And even as I'm saying that, I also want to like back up and like do a little sweeping, a little clearing. (laughs) I had to do it without any hope that she was going to come along. I had to do the work for myself. Right. Without any expectation that she would come along and do the work, and a miracle happened, of course, as I let go of all my stories and my ideas about who she was and my resentments and grudges and all the stuff I held on to my whole life, and even a very picture of her I put in my head and I lived by like this is who my mother is, and the st- same stories told over and over, yeah, as I said, "Okay, I'm letting that go, maybe I don't know who she is today." Maybe that was just a story. Maybe I don't even know my own story. (laughs) Maybe I just need to look inside myself and do my soul's curriculum and find out what that is. And as I did that work and I discovered myself and I looked at my gene keys and other tools to see like, what's my actual soul's curriculum? I could see the divine design. I could see, and I looked at my mom's because I was curious and I could see the interplay. I could see my mom's work and my work Mm. as a handshake as she taught me like, for example, she has the the gene key of struggle, the shadow of struggle, and the shadow of provocation. Well, I did not like that as a young, sensitive person, right? I, as an empath, I hated that. I didn't want I don't like conflict. I didn't want conflict, no conflict, no conflict. And I kept trying to avoid it and push it aside and be like, no. And my mom kept trying to make me strong by, you know, giving me this 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 these gifts of like being a warrior, you know, like here, like stand up for yourself and and I wouldn't do it. And now we can see it. I see her. I'm like, you're a button presser. And she's like, I am. (laughs) And I was like, you taught me, I had this conversation with my mom. I said, mama, you, you taught me how to provoke awakening. Mm. You taught me that. Do you see the divine design? We did this as a team. It wasn't me doing this alone. My mom played the role I needed her to play so I could be the leader I'm going to be today.
2: Mm. Oh, sorry. I got very emotional there because it was that. Crap, that's my story too. I mean, that's exactly it because I I have hated conflict and yet I can absolutely see that. I mean, because even my sister used to complain that I was like, you know, this crybaby and stuff and, you know, and that I didn't stick up for myself and people would pick on me and things. And I can see now that, yeah, I think my mom was definitely provoking me to help me to have that backbone. And and then I know also that my daughter, <laughs> since I didn't get it from my mom, uh, that lesson was that when she, I used to say she was three going on 13, four going on 14, because she was always pushing my buttons. Now, of course, we get along much better now that she's all grown up, and I've also done a lot of work on myself in the process. But that—that's so powerful. So, so tell me, how did you even? Where did this idea come from? I mean, how did you how did you come up with this? Where you know, I I've been
0: working on this my whole life, but I didn't know it. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your soul's curriculum is hidden from you, but you're just taking the steps, and you're getting the circumstances, and it's all coming right to your doorstep. And so, my whole life, I've dealt with not wanting conflict. I've dealt with not feeling insecure. I was so enmeshed with my mom as an early child because I had we went through very traumatic things together between zero and five, and that that enmeshed us. And so, I couldn't even find my own voice. Like I didn't even know where my voice was for a long time. And I was trying to um, find my way in the world. So I had moments of brilliance. I had moments of you know strength and all of that. But it wasn't really until I collapsed, until I said, you know, this life that I built in order to to look good or to do it the right way or the way everyone says you're supposed to be happy and it didn't work for me, I had to walk away from it all. And I I trusted that inner voice for the first time that said, that's the end of the rope, kid. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's the end of the rope. Okay, I got to take a leap. And I took that leap and I started following it. And I it led me to shamanic healing i had a shamanic mm-hmm. healing and i was changed in 1 hour and i thought after 2 decades of weekly psychotherapy sessions and then i'm changed in 1 hour i'm doing this i don't yeah. care what this is it right. worked
1: <laughs> like i
0: felt a difference i felt a change and it didn't go back
1: yeah like
0: like I'm, i all my whole life i would i got these diagnoses and all those kinds of things and it just felt like i kept sliding further and further and further into the broken category mm. And then I found a shamanic healing path, and i I was never worse. I was always better.
2: Mm-hmm. you know
0: it always moved forward it was always mm-hmm. traction, so I learned how to do that and then I started doing the inner child healing work because I was trying to get my message out. I felt like many people listening might be feeling this. Like I have such an important message inside of me and I know it needs to come to the world. And I, I keep my guides and my higher self, my ancestors keep telling me like, go for it, kid, go, 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 like do it, share your message, share your message. And I, I kept trying, I was forcing it in every way I could. And I wasn't getting seen. I wasn't being heard the way I knew I should, if I'm going to be doing this. So I was like, okay, it's not working. So I found some new mentors. And this is about three years ago, my dad passed away and my whole world just turned into you know, a sloppy mess
2: yeah.
0: of unresolved pain mm. between me and my mom. Mm-hmm. And that's really when the journey began. And mm-hmm. I, luckily I found these mentors, they were able to help me with inner child healing, which is a lot of the work I do with people. And I'd already been doing that work, but I needed to be held. Like (laughs) I needed someone to hold me through inner child healing and to reclaim and reparent myself. And the more I started doing that, even like eight months into working with them, I published the second wave book. Mm -hmm. It hit number one. It's been on the charts ever since. So like my business started flourishing. And then as soon as I published that book, I got the tap. It's like, okay, it's time to write healing the mother wound and I was like, "Uh-oh." <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay. I mean, it did make that deathbed promise to my dad that I would love my mother unconditionally. <laughs> there was that moment. So, I knew it was coming, yeah. you know. I knew the the work was coming, but but yeah, that's that was really the inspiration. It'd been coming for a while. I knew that this was something that I wanted, mm-hmm. really desired and I got to say on the other side of writing this book, which was um, two years of very deep embodiment work, you know, um, the kind that moves through your bowels, you know, I mean, like that kind (laughs) of really deep work, very uncomfortable, deep spiritual work in the body. Um, At the other side of that, I'm having this relationship with my mom that is exactly... What I always wanted, and my mom is like, "I always wanted this with you
2: oh, that's so awesome and here it is oh that 's wonderful that's um, that 's really inspiring because i I do know that i think and I guess it doesn 't even really matter whether you are um, you know male or female you know your mother your mother is um, you know one of the most important relationships that you have, and to be able to find a way to make that relationship work is so important because I know like my s- sister held a lot of um, resentment for a long time with my mom. I think she finally came to a place where she was able to um, handle things better but but it's it's so self destructive to really to Keep focusing in on all the things that are wrong <laughs> with our relationships, or wrong with things, and and be. Able, but if we can find a way to heal those things, that's so important. Um, what is? I guess I'm trying to think. What do I want? I'm trying to think. What is the best way to go here? Because so many things, I'm I'm curious about with you. Um, I know I'm going to go here. So we're going to back up a little bit. What got you started on this journey?
0: What do you mean, the journey of healing?
2: Journey of healing, yeah, yeah. Really, what, what, what was it? Extremely I'm, I'm low self-esteem. Doing this type of work too.
0: <laughs> Extremely low self-esteem and suicidal ideation. Yeah. You know, I mean, after two decades of going to weekly psychotherapy. Getting the diagnose, I got a diagnosis uh, near the end of that period. That was really rocked my world. They told me I was borderline personality, and I looked it up on Wikipedia at the time, and it was not a very favorable diagnosis. It was terrible. I was like, "Oh, this is awful!" Like. Yeah. Don't, t- this is like a death sentence, you know, like, this is awful. I'm not that kind of person. I was so upset. And I just felt like, like other people have told me since like, I think they misdiagnosed you. But I was like, no, if you knew me at the time, <laughs> they they were doing, they were saying some correct things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was really, I, I was out of myself. Like, I didn't know how to process my emotions. Um I didn't know how I repressed so many of my feelings and then they'd scored out, you know, they'd, like I get angry or lash out or things would happen. I, I mean, that was a recurring problem in my life. That's why I was in therapy because I was trying to, um, be more regulated. I was trying mm. to, I, I just noticed that other people didn't get quite so passionate as me and they didn't get all upset like I was getting, mm. and they didn't cry as much as me or get angry as much as me or want to mm. lash out. Like that didn't, I didn't notice that in other people as much as myself. And I really wanted to heal that. So that's why I was in therapy that whole time. But it was like getting worse and worse and worse. Like it wasn't getting better. And I would call that like the dark night of the soul, right? It's like I was having nightmares of like this really hateful shrew in my dream telling me she hated me. And like, oh, it was just like, it was dark, you know? So I had to do something and I had little kids by now. So mm-hmm. I have two sons and I wasn't going to commit suicide on them. I was not going to do that. Yeah. So I had to find a way and I couldn't find it through the happy pills and I couldn't find it through psychotherapy because this is not a man question, a, a humankind question. This is a God question, mm-hmm. like God source, creator, great spirit question. Right. Until I found that, I was not okay. And I needed that connection. I needed that remembrance of myself. I needed my soul. I needed um, God's love, you know, whatever word you want to use. I needed that. And until I got that, I was not going to be okay. So the shamanic healing path reconnected me by connecting me to that which is bigger than me. So I got connected to the earth. You know, I got connected back to my body. And in my body, I could start to feel my feelings. And I could start to heal all those years where I took pills instead of feeling my feelings. Mm. It took a while to heal that. You know, so I want to say for anybody who's taking those happy pills, like I get it if you feel like you need it. And like, it's really important to face your feelings because they don't go anywhere. They stay yeah. in your body and they can cause disease. And that's what started happening for me. Mm. So that's really why I got on the path is a deep desire to be around for my kids, to be a good mom and to repair my relationships, you know, to really be the kind of person I knew inside of myself that I was the whole time and I didn't understand why I was acting the way I was acting. I couldn't stop
2: myself. Awesome. So what do you do now? So you do this work now with others. You're you're helping them with this process. Tell us a little bit about how you're applying this in in your in your professional life, I guess. Yeah.
0: So I do, I have a circle for healing the mother wound. So I help women who have had challenging relationships with their mothers who would like to heal that matrix inside their minds so that they can be in a better relationship with themselves and also with whatever partner they have in their life or their kids or their family, their moms or dads. Um, Because how you, um, the patterns in our mind of like that we created of our mother, they affect all of our relationships. And so If you heal that relationship, all the other relationships start to heal, including the one with yourself. And so, um, so I help people to do that. And I also teach, um, I teach a, a way to connect with the earth to that, which is bigger than us to the divine as expressed through the mother earth. I help people to connect to that through, um, initiating them as a mesa keeper, a mesa carrier, which is a tradition from Peru, so that was my first big lineage that I studied with. And it's um, the foundation of my spirituality is these wonderful people that live in the mountains of Peru called the Carol. And they have little rainbow ponchos they wear and they have these <laughs> stone friends and they talk to Mother Earth and they talk to the Apus, the mountain spirits, and they they live with the rainbow light. And that's... That's my path. so i I bring other people with me on that path.
2: Awesome. Well, if someone wants to learn more about this and whether it is the you know the the mother group or 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 anything more about you, maybe learn more about your your podcast as well. How do people get in touch with you?
0: So my website has links to um, everything about me. And it's com K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com. And I offer a free consultation, a free discovery call if anybody's interested in finding out more and where they fit into this. And there's information about all the programs, the one-year program, which is the Andean shamanism program, and also the mother wound work is all up there, too, and the books. So it's all at com. All right. Awesome.
2: Well, I... Really enjoyed learning about this today. I think, it, like I said, it's been eye-opening for me, and hopefully it has been eye-opening for our listeners and those of you viewing on YouTube as well. Um, thank you so much for for being here today, Kira. I really appreciate um, all the work you have done personally to, and that you're now able to help others with that as well.
0: Thank you so much, Gloria, and so many blessings to everybody listening.
2: Yeah. Yes. And thank you for those of you who are out there listening. And uh, I really appreciate you. And uh, if you would love to leave a comment on, uh, you know, iTunes, if you're listening there or on YouTube, I do read them. Uh, So I'd love to hear from you. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and live fully, love deeply and engage authentically. Did you know that a majority of entrepreneurs tend to discount the importance of their work? And a good number feel their success is simply due to luck. I know from personal experience that self-doubt can keep you from having the kind of life and business you desire. That's why I've created a free guide called Uniquely You, how to move from self-doubt to self-love in four simple steps. To claim your free guide, Go to live love engage, dot gift. That's live love engage, dot G-I-F-T.
0: Hey, have you ever used CheapoAir? Air?
1: For years, and I really like it. With CheapoAir, Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over five hundred airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning.